Hi, family. It's lovely to be home. Not many of you know I was just away last week in Glasgow, my home oh, place of birth, I guess, Scotland. But it was amazing to be there. Um, and I love being home as well. It was so nice to fly back into Jersey and just feel the Father's heart for Jersey and to step foot off of that plane. Um, it was so good and so exciting because when you know the heart of the Father and when you know his desires for the people and the place that you live, it is incredibly exciting. And he is nothing but good, but he's also just and he's also fair. I feel like some of you in this room need to know that this morning that God is just and fair especially as we're praying for Ukraine. You can look at that situation, couldn't you? And you could think, oh God, where's your mercy? How are you just and fair in this and war? But he is, and for our own hearts too. So <laughs> we've been reading through James and what a challenging book of the Bible. Anybody else been really challenged as we're reading James? Yes, yes. I mean, I have been having conversations with her. I was close to saying, Phil, I can't do it. Because my heart is so convicted, and rightly so. All of us should be feeling the weighing and the testing of Holy Spirit on our heart as we're reading through James. And you know, I've been loving as a staff group, and we do a prayer in the morning and we're going through our readings. And when we get a chance to talk about James, it's so provoking, all of it actually. It's really provoking and we're sat there, aren't we, Bev? Bev's like, yep, yep. And then we're like talking about this and we're grappling with it and we're like, oh, I can see the state of my heart. It's good, isn't it? Well, you're like, what's good? <laughs> right, so James 4, 11, 17, that's what we're reading from this morning. I'm reading from NLT, my version says, <laughs> along with yours. Um, Don't speak evil against each other, dear brothers and sisters. If you criticize and judge each other, then you are criticizing and judging God's law. But your job is to obey the law, not to judge whether it applies to you. God, um, to you. God alone gave the law um, God alone gave the law, oh, sorry, is the judge. Oh, where am I? I'm so sorry, my eyes for a second. It applies to you. God alone who gave the law is the judge, sorry. He alone has the power to save or to destroy. What um, right do you have to judge your neighbor? Look here, you who say, today or tomorrow we are going to a certain town and we'll stay there a year. We will do business there and make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, then it's gone. What you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Otherwise, you are boasting about your own pretentious plans, and all such boasting is evil. Remember, it is a sin to know what you ought to do and then not to do it. Sucker punch. <laughs> um, so, okay. Recently, I watched the Bible Project's uh, cap 
on this, and I'm going to recap some of that to you, and then I'm going to dive in. So when I was watching this a video about James, um, it was really insightful and helpful to understand who James was um, and his role in the church in Jerusalem. James was known as a pillar of the Jerusalem church and a peacemaker who led with wisdom and courage during a really difficult time, and he leaves a legacy of teaching and wisdom and courage during... Oh, he leaves a legacy of teaching wisdom and, um, can, um, and a condensed but very short and powerful work. Um, this book is like a summary of James's wisdom for any and every community of Jesus' followers. James's goal isn't about teaching a new theological information, but instead is to get into your business and challenge how you live which is amazing, and that's definitely what I'm experiencing. <laughs> James develops Jesus' own teaching about our words. He talks about how our words tell the real truth about our character. James immersed himself in the wisdom of Jesus and the book of Proverbs. He spent most of his time teaching about the true wisdom of God and teach the teachings of Jesus and genuine love. He taught about becoming perfect like Jesus. He uses it seven times within the book of James. In biblical Hebrew and Greek, this word refers to wholeness. It means living a completely integrated life where your actions are always consistent with the values and beliefs that you're, you've received from Jesus. James knows that most of us actually live as fractured people with big inconsistencies in our character. We are more com compromised than I think we like to believe we are, or would admit. However, God is on a mission to restore fractured people like you and I, to make us whole, and it begins with wisdom and the ability to see um, our hardships through a new perspective. God will graciously give this wisdom to people that ask for it in faith without doubting God's character. When we realize our humble and frail place before God, we are forced to choose between anxiety and trust. True wisdom means choosing to believe that God is good despite my circumstances. God is good despite my circumstances. When we face hard times, don't accuse God. Rather, let your circumstances teach you what Jesus taught about God's character. The Father is generous and he's there to meet us in our pain and he is trustworthy. It's this God who through Jesus has given us new birth to become new kinds of humans who can face suffering with total trust in the Father just like Jesus did. This new life in Christ is something we discover when we not only listen to God's word, but do what it says. James calls God's word the perfect Torah of freedom. He's referring here to the greatest command of the Torah that passed on to us through Jesus, that he freed us to love God and our neighbor. James shows us practically what this looks like. It means speaking to those in a kind and loving way. It means serving the poor and it means living with wholehearted devotion to God alone. I have been so challenged, like I said before, as I've been reading through this book, and especially with what we read this morning. Don't speak evil against each other, dear brothers and sisters. If you criticize and judge each other, then you are criticizing and judging God's law. But your job is to obey the law, not to judge whether it applies to you. God alone who gave the law is the judge. He alone has the power to save or to destroy. So what right do you have to judge your neighbor? 
Judging others is something we do so, so often. And it's mainly going on up here, and it often comes out of here. And because of that, I think we're so unaware of how often we are doing it, because it's up here. Yeah. Why doesn't he help more? He's so lazy. She is so, such a gossip. I don't trust her. Those kids never listen. They are so naughty. They're just generic. But our judgments are very personal to ourselves and the others around us. And they're harsh and they're critical. So how do we change this? How do we stop judging others so critically? We could start by changing the way we speak creating new verbal habits. We could purposely start speaking positively, being a voice of life and not death, blessing, not cursing. Bible says the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk more talk will reap the consequences. That's in Proverbs. But I believe it's more than this. I believe that it's a matter of the heart. It's the state of our hearts that overflow with love or hate, life or death, blessings or curses. Jesus teaches us, a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what's in your heart. Oh, that is intense but so true how are our hearts when was the last time that you checked in on your own heart how is your heart doing with disappointment with fear anxiety bitterness anger hopelessness resentment how is your heart doing and when was the last time you stopped to check in and to speak to God about how you, what you're feeling and how you're coping? When was the last time you checked in, realized what's going on in here and gave it to God? But not only that, then allowed him to speak. I've not done so amazing at this over the last year because for me, it has been easier to live with a hard heart which is resilient and strong and doesn't feel much at all except for when it's poked with something that frustrated me or offended me. Then all of a sudden, the overflow of criticism and judgment is at the forefront because I am feeling an injustice and it's going to be directed at those around me. It is the overflow of all the pain in my heart, of the grief and anger and disappointment and hopelessness left unchecked. When our hearts are left unchecked, and abandoned to all the messy emotions that we feel from all types of sufferings and offenses, we tend to try and soothe our anxieties with false comforts. Netflix, absolute go-to. Food, social media, shopping, alcohol, which then leads to compromise. If God can't fix it, then I will. 
so often we think that, don't we? I'll fix it. I'll soothe it away. I'll meet my own needs. God is good. Often compromise is our desire to fulfill something that should come from God, but we are unwilling to wait for it. We need to learn to have short accounts with Holy Spirit, checking in on the state of our hearts regularly, allowing God to minister his love, healing and hope to us so that we are not walking around spewing out our pain through critical judgments and honest opinions that we believe we're entitled to. Well, it's true, isn't it? But I'll tell you, it's a lot more uglier when it's coming from a place of pain and hate and anger and bitterness and disappointment. And all of a sudden, it's coming forth and you can't help yourself and we realize the state of our heart. God cares about the state of our heart. I love you all. (laughs) I love myself. And I love God. In moments where I found myself frustrated, oh, said that already. (laughs) No, actually, I would. In moments when I found myself frustrated and my mouth was flowing with offense, I felt Holy Spirit draw so close and convict my heart of criticism and judgments towards others. I felt his conviction weigh so deeply that I've been weeping at the state of my heart and the, the acute pain that I felt that I'm in. I've been weeping at his conviction. We need his conviction, don't we? We need it. It's the only way that we can come into a place where we recognize what's going on in our hearts. But often when we become hard-hearted, it's easier to live with a wall up. And the wall doesn't just go between my brother and sister. It goes between me and God too. And when God and we don't allow Holy Spirit to be present, our hearts become hard and stony. And we can become numb and hard-hearted. And that is a difficult heart to deal with. But I understand because we've all gone through pain and suffering and trauma. But remember what James says. True wisdom is realizing that God is good despite our circumstances. It's so important that we get there. That we recognize the state of our hearts so that we can cry out to God repent and know his forgiveness, healing and righteousness in our lives. He wants to restore us. When our cry is, create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. He will answer and I will give you a new heart and I will put my new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart and I will put my spirit in you so that you can follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. That's Ezekiel 36. Isn't that a good chapter or verse? Isn't that amazing? 
Shall I read that again? And he will answer, I will give you a new heart. I will put my spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. When we cry out, when we come to God, oh God, renew our right spirit within me. Cleanse my heart. Everything changes in our fellowship with Holy Spirit. Everything. If you're not fellowshipping with Holy Spirit, nothing is changing because you cannot make yourself righteous. We cannot heal ourselves. We cannot free ourselves. It's His righteousness. It's His healing and it's His work. We need to come into relationship with God. We need to come into those places where we offer Him our hearts again. Stop hiding your heart away because you're afraid or because you've been so wounded. Yes, I can feel the injustice. Yes, I know that disappointment, but God is good. The conviction of Holy Spirit is so important in our lives, as I said before. He's the one that leads us in righteousness. Pure hearts, clean hands, clear conscience. The purpose, this is, it says in Timothy 1.5, the purpose of my instruction is that all believers would be filled with love that comes from a pure heart, a clear conscience, and genuine faith. When we are submitted, obedient, and following the heart of God for our lives, there is blessing, favor, and victory. Holy Spirit produces his fruit in us, and we overflow with his attributes. He heals, restores, and purifies our hearts so that our responses to those offenses in life, those pains in life, those injustices we face, that they would bear the fruit of love, kindness, goodness, and self-control. We're going to die to ourselves because we don't have any more rights. And as soon as we recognize that we don't have any more rights, even, even in the face of death, God is good. And he cares so much about our hearts. Psalms 9, Psalm 19, may the words, 14, verse 14, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Don't you want that? Choose to please God. Choose to please him in every area of your life. Let your tongue speak his goodness. Let your heart reflect his character. Surrender your heart to Christ and he will lead your lips. Let God transform your language, your life, and your heart. As we read in Ezekiel 36, 26, 27 again, God answers, when we cry out, when we present our hearts to him, I will give you a new heart. He wants to take that heart of stone, that heart filled with pain and disappointment and anger and frustration and bitterness. 
and I will put a new spirit in you. And I will take your stubborn, stony heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. Thank you, Jesus. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. All of this is in and through the working of Holy Spirit in our lives. Church, I love you. (laughs) I feel the Father's love and joy over you. His delight over you. But I sense his gaze on your hearts. And some of you have been living with a wounded, stony hard heart. All of us at points have lived with that. And he wants to come. And he wants to take our hearts, call us into account, check us, and give us a new heart of flesh. He wants to give us his heart. He wants to make us righteous like he is, so that we would inherit the kingdom of God. We want to see it, don't we? The righteousness inherit the kingdom of God, don't they? That's his signs, wonders, miracles, breakthrough. Everything that you have been decreeing and praying and longing for, fasting and believing for, faith that wants to arise and birth forth, forth will come forth through his righteousness and his work in our lives. I want to invite you this morning to present your hearts before the Lord. I want to take a moment now where we're going to ask, check in in our own hearts. We're going to take a moment and we're going to ask Holy Spirit to highlight places within our heart. Thank you, Alan. Of pain, bitterness, disappointment, anger, disillusionment, hopelessness, rejection, all those orphan tendencies, fear, anxiety, any of those places that you can recognize within your own heart. And we're going to ask Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, come close. I just speak that this is a safe place. Fear goes right now in Jesus' name. Peace comes. Peace comes. I feel like the Lord's even doing something in your minds. There's a renewing of your minds. Jesus. Speak to him. Tell Jesus. Give him your heart. Give him those things. See him. He's right here. He's right here. He wants to take those things and he wants to give you a heart that is his. It's a fleshy, soft heart. 
an exchange you can't hold on to it you can't hold on to that pain that offense you've got to lay it down because what's next is so much greater that freedom and liberty that restoration and healing of relationships that have been broken Even with God, he wants to bring you to a place of renewed trust in him. Thank you, Jesus.